1: Learn more at marines.com.
2: Hello, good evening, and welcome to this week's morning Podcast. The Uni Rugby Podcast it gives you all the news, views, and opinion on the weekend's rugby action, all with a West Country accent. You can find us on Twitter. We are more over Podcast. We are more over a rugby podcast on Facebook. You can find all of our content on Anchor and Apple Podcasts and the Google Store and all other uh, decent, half-decent, reputable podcatchers. Um, I am joined this week by uh, Rastafari Ben is back. Not with braided hair and beads, unfortunately, but Matt, um, understand. Matt will be pleased that he's back. So welcome back, Ben. How was Barbados?
0: It's great. Thanks, mate. Um, I was going to try and do an accent but I think that would have come across as wildly racist so um I'm just gonna <laughs> stick with my own
2: good that's probably for the best um I'm also joined as,
1: as usual by Housewives favorite Farm Vet how you doing Phil yeah I'm good thanks um I've got a I've got to compliment you Russ that's probably the best start you've ever done 180 really? episodes in and you've got it <laughs> hun, hun, how many episodes do you reckon we've done just as a side I reckon probably about that we're, we're coming so up we're four 3, years. We're
2: reckon. coming up we're coming up four years now. Be interesting to see. Um and we're also joined with for a little bit of balance and uh a little bit of um more in-depth chat by uh Welsh supporter and uh all round good guy Ryan Keyshaw. How are you doing,
3: Ryan? Yeah, good to ask, thanks. Thanks for having me on again, mate.
2: No problem. Well you know, had to we have to give a a balanced view on the weekend's action and, and with the, the lensman missing um I think we could have some uh some interesting conversations based on on some of the stuff that, that went on at the weekend. So we'll uh we'll get on to that in a second. As of as I've mentioned the lensman isn't here tonight. Don't know where he is, but uh he's probably out with the rest of the Seven Dwarfs somewhere uh meeting, <laughs> eating, you know, trying to meet Snow White. But, uh, you know, he knows the drill. If you're not on the podcast, you're going to get pelters. uh,
0: He'd be angry, wouldn't he? He'd
2: be angry. Yes, he would. (laughs) He would. Um, Grumpy and angry. So uh, and if you get to the and and I'll give you a uh, I'll give you one of the seven dwarfs at the end to hashtag. So uh, so we know you've listened to the end because Doug quite nicely gave uh, the hashtag upside down head. So people that got to the end of last week's podcast Um, and there were a fair few hashtag upside down head which was uh, which was always nice
1: i reckon right. he's probably out panic buying bog road or something
2: probably oh don't even get me started to, on, on to that. build <laughs>
1: to build some steps so that he can get into his bed again yeah um, how get...
3: many of you guys got in your houses i did an audit and uh i think we just went out and bought 12 just because like okay if there is a real panic and people being tits i don't want to start doing newspaper so we ended up. I did a panic. We got 22 in the house. That's wow. just ridiculous. I I'd
1: quite, I I'd quite happily resort to a pair of socks or a slice of bread or something if it gets A up. Slice
2: of bread. I don't understand why we can't just sort of go
1: yeah. back to the the old days. You know,
2: if 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 it gets to the point when there's no toilet roll left, just have a shower. Or yeah. um, <laughs> is or, that an
3: English B day?
2: Yeah, an English <laughs> B day. Or, or for those of you that haven't got B days in your houses, you know, That's some dramatic. fools put, some fools put two toilets in here. <laughs>
3: it's like Crocodile Dundee what's that for
2: I know ah, it's yeah it's for
3: washing your ass
2: amazing <laughs> the Europe and people say Europe got it wrong but there, there you go <laughs> but, um, and Ben and uh and Ben's just been put off Marmite on toast for life there you go <laughs> only on white toast I should imagine only on white, white bread uh let's let's get on to some rugby shall we let's <laughs> uh let's start Twitter, can, um, on Saturday um I was going to call it a convincing win for England against Wales. Um, a decent performance. Wales are a, a side that are, are in transition. They're learning. Um, what have you made of, of their performances so far in the Six Nations, Ryan?
3: Um, I think they have not got their safety blanket of Edwards Gatland. Uh, I think they are trying to do things differently. Um, can I start uh, Let's talk about the positives. Tompkins, what a revelation! What a miss for England, and everyone will say, "Oh, what a miss!" England got s- s- embarrassment of riches, but I think the stats back up Tompkins.
2: He's been he's been defensively oh, no. question mark though, hasn't he? Do you not think?
3: Mm, I'll take him. He's good. He's quality. I but think he'll play that sense game. That's the system, though,
0: isn't it? Because he's not a liability for Saracens, defending um, the way they do.
1: We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Um, who was it they played two weeks ago? Uh, France. France. And he just looked like he was trying too hard. Whereas on Saturday, he looked like he'd been part of that team. He, he, was, he, he was bossing that team in the, in the back line more than any, anybody else. Um, and he looked like he fitted in. Whereas in that France game, he just did look like he was trying too hard and trying to do everything.
3: Yeah. 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 I think, you know. Any more positives? Um, I'd (laughs) I'd like to say Justin Tipperick. Uh,
2: He's class anyway, isn't it? We we know all about Tipperick.
3: Yeah. And I would say, apart from that, I'd like to take my hat off Dan Bigger because he's a test match. I know that people use this phrase and stuff, and I don't usually like it. He's a test match warrior. The bigger the game, he's, you know, excuse the pun, the bigger the man arrives, doesn't he?
2: Yeah, I mean, Doug. Doug's talked a lot about Dan Bigger and, and the impact he has at Northampton. He has that similar impact for Wales, I think, now. Um, he's been in that position, and he had to battle for a little while. You know, he was he was seen as a, a bit weak against Priestland, and um, who was the other guy he battled out with? Anscombe, that's it. Um, and Anscombe was a bit of sort of the maverick uh, who was seen to be the, the next big thing, then he got injured, but... If Wales, if everybody's fit and Wales are playing anybody the other than damn bigger, it, it fly off. Then it's a little bit silly, isn't it? Right. Let's talk about the game. Let's talk about the England Wales game. England started well. Um, another, another blistering start. And and we've we've mentioned a few times about how England when they start well. It often bodes well for for the rest of the game. We had the New Zealand game. They started they used Wales' strengths against them for that opening Anthony Watson try, which I thought was really really good. Um, coming back on the inside, they Youngs had one of his better games than than he has recently. Um, ben, when you look at England's back line. What, what do you think made it tick so well in that first, in that first 30 minutes?
0: Um, well, back to the old hobby horse, they had front football um, because they were banging holes. Um, so once Tuolangi and the, the forwards start getting front football, it becomes a lot quicker. Um, Youngs showed um, a lot more running threat than he has at probably at any time in the last two years. Um, which sort of set the Welsh back rower back a little bit. I think they were also wary of Tualangi, Uh so the Welsh back row was probably on a back foot a little bit. Um, Watson, I think, makes a difference. I think he's got such quick feet. That I think he was exceptional. And once all that kept, came in his favour, then George Ford just started really ticking. And um, you know, it, it's with England, it's almost like a like a machine. Once they start to pick up momentum, they're very hard to combat. Um, And they start to just sort of roll over the top of you. Um, And that's what happened in parts of that game. I don't think they were quite as good as they have been in the past, but I think they were still very good. Um, And, you know, up until what we're going to talk about later happened, that game was well won. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Phil? Um, I I, I agree with what you're saying about... um... Youngs, he's keeping the defence honest, and we haven't seen that for probably two or three years. But in the last two games, he's he's just had an eye on things around the corner, and I think that's made a massive difference. Um, I do think they looked more balanced once May went off having Daly on the wing. I think Daly on the wing is a much better option than Daly at fullback. Um, but I just wonder with that Watson try, whether it was a bit of a set play, whether it was absolutely a set play. Yeah, no, yeah, that, whether that's whether that's something that they've they've noticed a weakness with Wales being slow well, back back well, of the line out getting slow to it, fill the holes.
2: I've seen it broken down and when you watch the line out ball from the top and the, and it actually comes down with it and then pops it out. So the Wales were setting up towards the, the mall. And it's almost as if Young's waits for uh, AWJ's head to get back into the mall before he pops it out. So he he was kind of he was not looking at anybody coming around the corner. They drift. I think it was Navidi and maybe Tipperick both get on the drift, expecting the the big crash ball coming from from Manu through the centre. And the ball back inside. I think it was Courtney Laws that pulled the ball back inside to Watson, which was a fantastic pass. And and Watson's quick feet got him over the line. And it was um it was Young's, wasn't it? Was it Young's? Yeah, was it, it Young? Young's pushed it back into Watson, did he? I yeah. thought he, I thought Watson span it. Uh, Young Young span it out, and then somebody else pulled it back inside as they were it both was, drifting.
0: It, I think didn't Curry come off the edge of the. Um of the mall and then uh laws made a made the dummy run i think
2: possibly maybe we're we're just talking
0: it doesn't really no. matter it was it, it was well done you know yeah it was well set up and, one, and you're, you're absolutely doing. right they were they were well the fact they did it in the first two minutes probably suggests that they had it planned yeah, um absolutely and you know it but was you really mentioned... well done
2: you mentioned the, the Tualagi factor. That's that's the two home games in a row where England have used Manu Tualagi effectively to soften up the defence in the first ten minutes, so get him running and carrying hard ball, crossing the game line, to then enable them to do those other things. If you try and be too clever early, teams can then read it. But whereas when you've got a battering ram like Tuala like doing those things early, it affords you that space out the back. Um, do you think that? Do you think Wales were sluggish to start, Ryan? Or do you think that England just overpowered them to a certain extent?
3: Yeah, I think look, look, uh, England won the physical battle completely. If you think about it, this goes back. Wales, Liam Williams hasn't played for like four months. He's straight in the side you've got a lot of players in there. You got Look at Fallatau. He's not the same Falatau. He's not the same playing for Bath. He's straight in, you know, he was straight back in there and on the bench. You've got Navidi. How much game time has Navidi had? Um, I think, I think it's a, I think the, the, the pre-season camp, that you know, is in the, the, the Gatlin-Edwards camp probably isn't as tense. But, yeah. you know, I think that might have something to do with it. Look, but, I think Wales just lost the physical battles, whereas last year in Cardiff, England lost the physical battles, and that's where games are won and lost.
2: Absolutely, um, the second try was sort of of a of a similar nature, wasn't it? Sucking the defence in, using the power up front, and then the hard ball carriers before again some slick hands. Young, uh, Youngs and Farrell combined to. To put Ford in a little bit of space, and I thought his role in that, taking it right to the line to give Daly as much space as possible, using Slade as that dummy runner, made Elliot Daly's life absolutely—you know—it couldn't be any simpler. And and from that point, it, you know, Wales didn't
1: look like they could get a foothold in the game. Um, well, go on, Phil. Now I was going to say, I think I think a large part of that was down to. The second half of the first half turned into a bit of a kicking duel. Um, And both teams, I think, were just kicking a bit too far. And then I think England reacted to that a bit better and just brought their kick length back a little bit and and made them... They weren't being competitive, but the Welsh catcher was... His feet were on the ground and then he was getting hit. Um, And we saw... Uh, Tualaangi put in a in a big hit following a, a kick from inside the 22, and and England seemed to respond to what they were doing better than the the Welsh team. The Welsh team didn't seem to be able to get it quite right. And then in the second half, when they did try and bring their kick length back a bit, they were going five yards, and that was it. They were yeah, they were not going yeah. far enough. So that that tactical kicking duel, England very much came out on top of.
3: I think I think you're absolutely right, but I think a lot of us will forget that in after 20 minutes. Wales dropped the ball over the try line, George North. Yeah. So there was, I think they could have been right back in it. I'm not, look, I'm not saying Wales would have won that match, deserved to win that match. But I think there was a period after that first 15, 20 minutes where Wales were right back in it. Um, I know there's obviously then a Malay and whatever, but I th- I, th- I think Wales were there. Because you know, when you, you remember a game, look, it's been like quite a long time since the game. I think you f- we forget those kind of things because England were so good. Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned
2: that that particular particular incident. Let's let's walk let's let's stop at this point in the game and have a have a little chat about that, shall we? Because, um, right from the very start of that, when North dropped the ball, I um, I've watched it, and there's a load of gif makers usually and i've noticed a lot of gift makers appear to be irish and i've seen more um i've seen more advertisements for articles and and sightings and general hatred from irish from from irish people as i have from anybody it's the else irish, isn't it? and okay. they've got and they've it's, it's absolutely nothing to do with any of them right <laughs> but the but the the hatred that they've thrown in at marla at, at um to a laggy it courtly laws for and we'll come on to, to laws in, in a little while but um it just doesn't make any sense just stay out of it nobody cares nobody really cares what you think um but the start of that whole melee uh, i've seen a, an irish person's gif of, of owen farrell giving george north a, a friendly open hand to the shoulder should we say which kind of set it off to a certain extent and then we have the different bits and pieces and uh I won't ask any of you to clarify what happened like Alan Wynne Jones did in the after press conference. Um and we all we've all seen it. It's all it's all been there. I think we're all gonna have very uh I'm not even slight, I think we're all gonna have fairly differing opinions on this. Um so the incident that we're referring to is obviously Joe Marla having a little uh Fondle, uh, a touch, a grab. I've seen lots of different descriptions of what happened um, of Alan wynne Jones's uh, gentleman's fancy to be partridge about it, or, or we just call it, you know, his knob. And then the reaction, the reaction afterwards. So, and the and we can talk the reaction of Twitter, the reaction of. The media, the reaction of the world, which which seems to have, have gone absolutely crazy. Um, and I've read everything from nothing in it to he should be charged with sexual assault, which the whole spectrum and, and everything in between of this, which I find absolutely, absolutely crazy. So let's let's Ben, we'll start. I'll start with you. What do you what are your thoughts? What are your personal thoughts when you think about this incident in isolation?
0: I think the only person that's come out of it with really any credit is Alan Wynne Jones. Um I thought I thought he he could he could have chinned him for a start. And I thought that press conference, I thought he handled it pretty well. Um I think I don't think that there was any to call it sexual assault is is an absolute overreaction isn't it but and and there was an interesting article by sam roberts i don't know if you read it where he said you know marla's looking for a, a sort of comic angle and everything and i think that is where he was coming from but it was very ill-advised um and he shouldn't have done it twitter has gone absolutely crazy some people are saying there's nothing wrong with it at all well something happens to a friend of yours out in town and that happens to them would you be very happy about it i'd say not um i don't really agree with this if it happened in the workplace because it's a completely different environment but i mean i suppose it happens to in the golf club all the time doesn't it russ it's, it's
2: to to quote a phrase it's part of the course then
0: um <laughs> so so i think my view is is twitter's exploded which it shouldn't have done there's people talk you know there's this um Graphic that's doing the round of the, the, the minimum ban is twelve weeks. For per... mm. now, I don't think that that is designed for something like this incident. That is designed more for someone grabbing them, grabbing and them at
3: the bottom of a ruck, oh, like, like a French league. Yeah. Yeah, 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 So, so
0: I don't think I don't think twelve weeks would be suitable, but four weeks, just to set an example stop it happening again if it stops this another twitter storm like this it's got to be worth the four weeks isn't it um sorry i've gone on a bit my last point on this is the the only thing that that i think was a definite complete overreaction was all the people having a go at alfie thomas about his comment at halftime which i just thought was genuinely funny um did you hear that yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, so you know I think that anyone sort of reacting to that in a negative way is definitely clutching pearls there. But that,
2: that's the world we're kind of world we're in, where people seem to be outraged and offended on other people's behalves. The fact, the very fact that Gareth Thomas has had to come out and apologise for making that comment, it almost kind of demonstrates what is wrong with the whole society at the moment, you know, he, an openly gay man making an openly gay joke. Yeah. So it was on national television. It wasn't crude. It wasn't, it wasn't, um, say inappropriate. It wasn't like out there. It was just a a throwaway comment, you know? And, and I think if, if we're going to start censoring people like that, then why, why would we, you know, why would we, even encourage people to, to come and talk in the, in that situation. Um, Ryan, talk to me about Joe Marler. I know you're not you're not his biggest fan.
3: No, I, I, look, I like Joe. Look, I, I like Joe per se. I think sometimes he's a funny man. He does the training videos, and you know he has a laugh. But then there's another time when he's an absolute. Let's let's call it what it is. Oh, sorry, I just, a on. fool. A fool. Wand. One, one. Yeah, how yeah. many people yeah. can? How so much so much so can we
2: get the word yeah, "one" so in it? And he is a bit of a wand, you know. I've like seen many game occasions.
3: On the, did you see that game the other week at, at Sale when he yes. was like he got and then he was like the Dupree brothers and it was like, oh, it's the wrong Curry brother or Dupree brother. Oh, I thought it was you. Oh, no, funny. And I was just thinking, if I was a Quinns fan, if I was a Quinns coach, if I was a Quinns player, I'd be furious. You know, I know that him and Sinclair apparently don't get on. And I think Sinc- that's one of the reasons Sinclair's leaving Quinns. I know it's money as well. And I would just think, why would I want Marler in my, my side? He's already gone on the record and everyone's like, oh, isn't he brave? And he said, oh, when England was coming up, I'd go do something stupid in a game. And I don't know why I would do that. So I'd get myself banned so I wouldn't have to go to camp. And I just think he's, he's like a man child. I think he really needs counselling. Like, okay, be funny, be a character, but I just think he just gets it wrong and he just needs counselling. He's a man child. Yeah, that's, that's my view. And that's yeah. the politest view I can give. I don't think he should be done for sexual assault. I, you know, unfortunately, he probably is going to get a 12-week ban. Probably bec- and, and I think he should get a 12-week ban for stupidity and being an absolute fool. And, and, and also, I, was, I know we kind of discussed this a bit on Twitter, But at the moment, I've got a three-year-old and a five-year-old boy. And I know it's my, you said this and you're quite right, it's my job to teach them these things. But it is quite hard when you're like, my my boys are fighting and you have to say, no, that's privates. And, you know, everyone knows you don't go near privates. It's just little things like that that's tough for a dad and it's awkward in this current climate that we're in. And then he goes and does that. And I'm not saying they're going to repeat that, but my my mate works at a boarding school and he said, all the boys are already talking about doing it during a game to put off a player. And I'm like, oh, great, this is where we're at. So
1: to put it into a degree of context, I've played with people that would do that kind of thing on a night out, say. Not in a match, they'd do it. But equally, when I went back for an old boys rugby match, there was somebody still playing for the uni team who would do that kind of thing. And frankly, nobody was that bothered about it. Oh, I wasn't that bothered about it, and I wasn't given the impression that anybody else was that bothered by it. One thing that that makes this uh, that potentially changes it from a personal perspective—I'm not talking rugby or professionalism or anything like that—is the two of them know each other, and it may well be that on Lions tours, Alan Win Jones has gone up and given Joe Marler a little tickle in a corridor somewhere, and it's it's a it's a little thing that that they have. We don't know the context of anything like that. I'm not saying that that is what happens. What I'm saying is there is some history between, and I'm not meaning that in a bad way, there is a relationship between the two players that that may well contextualise it. So, I'm
2: just going to stop you there, Phil, very, very, very quickly. Is that, and that's where some people don't understand, is the fact that then they, they, they jump when when people who know rugby and people have been on tours and people that have been around that then go, well, imagine if you went on a course with somebody for work, like, you know, and th- you, you saw him for two months and didn't see him again for two years. And then they did that to you. It, the, the whole context is completely we, different. And it yeah. just it needs to be it um, needs to be people that don't watch Rugby, or don't know about the culture, and I don't want to to sound like I'm condoning lad, lad, lad culture, and you know. But we've all kind of been there. We've all yeah, kind I of could, seen it and been around it. And but you know, I could you, show you some
1: pictures it. from Perry Stagdo that would would, <laughs> would shock the nicest of people. But where this is different is, as Ryan said, this is on international TV, and I think that's where Joe marler has got it wrong and got it badly wrong. Um a little part of me thinks that Joe Marler, he's admitted he's got a self-destruct button. and when, he wants, when things get a bit much and he just needs a bit of a time off and he'll deliberately go and get himself sent off so he can have a ban and a few weeks off. A little part of me thinks he's, he's getting towards the end of the season. He knows the Italy game's probably not going to be to the autumn. He'll have a three-month holiday, thank you very much. But it is getting a little bit blown out of proportion. It's not Harvey Weinstein. It's not sexual assault. It's a very badly informed attempt at a joke and to defuse the situation. And you know what? Is it? (sighs) And to be honest, I'd rather talk more about the fact that Farrell got penalised for putting his hand in North's face. And then two minutes later, Alan Wynne-Jones and somebody else. Liam
2: Williams. uh,
1: Tom Curry. Pinning Curry to the ground and holding him there when the ball has gone a hundred yards away and the ref not spotting it.
3: I think I there's, more, there's more context to this, what you're, and, and you're exactly right, Phil. I think the context is Wales wound up England at Cardiff and they lost their heads last season. So this was England trying to do it to Wales, and it was working, I think. Okay, Farrell got pinged and stuff, but then Marla just like you said, just went too far, and it's like, I do think there is the self-destruct button there. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: And I think, you know, as rugby fans and as people who know rugby, and I think half of, you know, if this was on, to to heart back to a subject of last week, Phil, if this was on Sky Sports, maybe, behind a paywall, <laughs> where, people, where people who wanted to watch the game rather than casual fans who, you know, hashtag me too, that you know, didn't really kind of understand and just see it as a, rather than seeing it as a a pretty brainless, um, stupid, inappropriate thing to do are then jumping straight down the line of, you know, sexual assault and all that sort of stuff, rather than actually taking it for, for what it is, which is an ill judged, um, ill conceived idea, whatever it might've been that, I actually he's going to get punished for by world rugby and that should kind of be the end of it there was no malice there was no intent it was just it just one of those things that happened
1: and i think yes. that and i think that that's kind of how everybody should view it and and the people that should be dealing with this now are the rugby authorities and the people who shouldn't be getting involved are the police and that's what some people are calling for is
2: well, do, bang for, him up in jail for 16 years so, and... so for context then if that's if if that's going to happen then old uh, mohammed howas uh, um do, does he get done for for assault for punching um... i mean his
1: his name in itself is sexual assault <laughs> yeah that's true
0: it's <laughs> done me um ben um I was just just the thought just struck me I, the um little graphic that we were talking about earlier with the uh the bands on the the uh, offense above it was spitting on an opponent which i think had a minimum of four weeks and it's it's almost a similar offense to that in that it was a bit humiliating and annoying rather than sort of physical danger yeah yeah. although with um with uh coronavirus it might get an extra spitting might like, go up in, in, in uh, importance but um it's so 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 it's it's almost an offense like that in that it's it's almost sort of an attempt to to degrade it's, a strong inc- word but it's an incitement isn't an, it? in, an insult almost isn't it so it, it's it's sort of in that level rather than him actually trying to rip his balls off
2: uh, absolutely so let's i think we've we've kind of covered that Covered that to death we all kind god, of agree that he's uh he's a bit of a wand right. he always has been he probably always will be um and you know whilst we don't have to like it it's kind of the way he is
3: and he, and he's gonna probably be coming to a taxpayer funded podcast with three quins, other quins, quins 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 quins. players yeah quins, so quins, the,
2: quins. the bbc quins pop, podcast
3: yeah oh. god i live in i live in queensland it's horrible it's horrific
2: all red chinos and uh, and
3: salmon pink cords. And... Yeah, oh, no, not f- not Lo- furry loafers.
2: Yeah, it's not for me. Um, <laughs> right, let's let's move on then. Um, Clash then... with your beard for a start. Yeah, that, that's, true. <laughs> that's true. Um, it was the start to the second half. Let's get back to talking about some actual rugby. What, uh, what a try that was! Before,
1: before we go on the try. D- Daily, who was chasing the kick, was about five yards in front of the kicker. And it's it's really pissing me off the way that w- every single Wales kickoff is exactly the same. Everybody's in front of the kicker. Do we not play the laws anymore? People just yeah. make, well, make them up. The, the, the referees was, make the laws up as they go along. It, anyway. it was
0: worse in the Scotland game. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Really um, was. Rewinding a little bit further as well, what were England thinking of not kicking the ball to touch?
2: well to give it's to give bigger half-time. that penalty to make it a, an 11 point lead at the end of the first half just get the ball off the pitch what well, i don't i don't understand any kind of thought process behind trying to play behind that scrum they turned the ball over they won the scrum why not but, just get it out and kick it out
1: yeah. you're you're 14 points up at half time why would you want any more that's enough yeah.
2: just silly just to... and and ultimately they they shot themselves in the foot didn't and, they because... and it was a
0: low percentage move as well because it was Elangi coming up the middle, but then pivoting round to push the ball out the back, which isn't really his bag. Um,
3: <laughs> what, as in, like, high skill? Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, yeah maybe, maybe Joe Marler had had a go at his bag earlier.
3: Yeah,
0: that'd be the problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, he'll get the sack.
1: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> crikey.
0: Look at
2: this. Well done. Well done. Getting the sack. I think that's the name of this this week's podcast <laughs> get getting the sack
3: Marla gets the sack
2: Marla gets the sack
3: love well, it we're all our employers will listen to this and we'll all get the
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think we're we're fairly balanced by it the yeah. um, but the Wales try it, it was a lovely piece of uh, free flow rugby Phil you're right Daly over chased with Cruz on his outside which was you
0: yeah. know
2: poorly judged from Elliot Daly whether he thought he could make the the hit just as the ball or just he was catching the ball that was Tomkins as well wasn't it was it Tompkins who started that yeah. move off um and then slick hands from uh Navidi and Thomas Williams to to put Tipperick under the post and I suppose at that point you know after that penalty that made it 29 at half time that seven points then was uh was Wales's big chance to to get back into it
3: right yeah I mean look uh... Yeah, I think, they were, I think they were doing well. I thought that try, I thought, oh, actually this could turn it. But fair play to England. Usually they folded in similar situations after half-time and they stuck at it. And I think what was impressive for me was their intensity in defence. And, 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 you know, it, 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 that's how you stop Wales.
0: Yeah,
2: it was the physicality, wasn't it, the, yeah. that, we've, that we talked about already where England physically dominated Wales and... The, the Wales game that they're trying to play, the quick offloading game with quick ball and, and recycling, uh, wasn't allowed to happen because England were, were so
1: physically dominant. Um, yeah, Wilson did a good job on his first game back, having not played for ages. Oh, made,
3: wow. He was awesome. Made a yeah.
1: shed, shed loads of tackles. But, but the the key stat was that dominant tackle stat. I can't yeah. remember what it, exactly what it was, but it was something like 20% of the tackles that England were involved in they were dominant; they were pushing Wales backwards and if if you 're doing that twenty percent of the time you you 're going to win the game of rugby it 's that simple yeah. and it's something this this England team, really for the last twelve months, have almost been happier without the ball yeah,
2: you could um uh, they 've done probably most of their best work without the ball, enabling them to to be able to play when they 've got it
0: yeah well, wilson's had um I'm pretty sure this is the, the right stat. Some, someone else tweeted it, so I won't claim any credit for it. But I think in 14 starts, he's made over 20 tackles five times for England, yeah. which is yeah, pretty impressive. Yeah. Um and, and we, we, we probably shouldn't have got this far without saying how good a Atouj was as well.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. But it's it's the, the um, it's the line speed all the way through. It's um the the classic play at the moment is that, that ball behind a, a forward into a back who's 15 yards back and it gives them time to to think about what they're going to do. Well, England read that every time. Whenever the ball went behind a forward, the back was just getting man and ball. The, yeah. the line speed in the middle of the pitch was just unbelievable.
0: To, to Langi always goes straight for the interception every time, doesn't he? And, yeah. and you know, perhaps his most famous moment is an interception against the All Blacks. So maybe that's in people's minds when they see him come in as well. Um,
1: yeah, yeah he, he, he cuts off that outside ball. And I think there was once where um, I think it was Tompkins tried to shift it super quick uh, onto, out to the left, out to Williams, and the ball went forwards because he was under so much pressure. And that's 30 yards away from the breakdown. So, yeah, it's impressive.
2: It is impressive, and, and like Ryan said, the England came back into it. They didn't allow that that quick try to to get in their heads, and then they went back to the similar pattern that most of the first half followed. Um, Tuolagi got the try, and uh, and England were ticking along quite nicely until that last sort of madness that was, was the last sort of seven minutes or so. Genge got the yellow which was the result of the, the persistent infringement in and around the goal line. You know, Wales were going through phases. They were keeping the ball. That's fair. It, kind of fair enough. I, I can was, understand
1: it. It was a bit harsh on Genge because actually what happened, um, if you re-watched it, a Welsh hand comes out of the ruck and drags him forwards offside and then he never manages to get his foot back and then gets pinged for it. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was a bit harsh on him, but you could see a yellow card coming for someone.
0: Yeah, there was always going to be a yellow card because I think what England were doing was, was they were happy to give away penalties because while the advantage is being played for 30, 40 more seconds, they're just running down the clock. More so time I think off the were, clock. They were happy yeah. to sort of buy some time with a yellow card. And it was just the fact that the red card happened straight away afterwards, which was why it really backfired. Yeah, um, let's
2: talking talk of about backfire, that. Sorry, just quickly
3: before. Oh, Sorry. I no, no, you say, carry on. Talking about we'll... firing. Do you think the bench split could have come a cropper for Eddie when Johnny May went off? I was always thinking one more back injury and they're screwed.
0: Um, yeah, it, it easily could have done. Um, but on the plus side of it, I thought Slade looked fantastic yeah. at fullback. I think he looked a better natural fit at fullback than um, yeah. Daly did. The, the way that Slade plays, I think, is actually key to that
2: uh, position. He's, uh, Slade is a, an incredible footballer to to call it, to use yeah. that. He's a brain player. He's never been the quickest. You know, but he's got great hands. He's got really good awareness. He's quicker than people give him credit for. He nearly chased down Tipperick when they uh when they scored the try just after half time. But what I will say is in in a slight reaction and, and also in the tackle, the tackle on North and there was a couple of tackles that Henry Slade made that were excellent. What I will say, just to mitigate that slightly, and I was as impressed by anybody, by Henry Slade, is that I thought the way that Wales kicked, and we've talked about the way in general, I thought they kicked really poorly and didn't put him under any sort of pressure.
0: On, they, they they very much did. And um, Slade, as well as all the things you've just mentioned, has got a cannon of a boot as well. So, you know, that, that played into his hands. I mean, some of the um, up and unders he was putting up, even on the telly, they just looked, absolutely steepling um I would say the like you say that the tackle was fantastic um in the in the event we're going to talk about in a moment but the, the couple of times where Slade did need to go up for a con- competed uh contested high ball he looked very uh relaxed and 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 almost languid when he went up to catch them um I, I I've been thinking about this and I think the very best fullbacks under the high ball or best players under the high ball they approach the ball in those situations wanting to catch it whereas i think absolutely i think, I think yeah. some other players approach it having to catch it and i think Daly is 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 in the second category it's not that he's shirking it and it's not that he's not a skillful rugby player but he just hasn't got the um sort of nat- natural instinct yeah. to attack the ball so it, i think he's waiting for it a lot of the time i
2: think i think that's because as as growing up, and until very recently, Daly's played most of his rugby at 13, where you don't have to do a lot of that. He then transitioned to the wing, where you have to do a little bit more of that. But the contest for the kick is probably slightly less. Whereas as a fullback, I mean, you, you, you'll know, Ben, I've played there quite a bit as well, that as a fullback, your bread and butter is making those right. catches and yeah. those high balls. And, and if you are confident and you are going them, expecting to catch them rather than having to catch them, then you're going to be in an infinitely better position. You look at the likes of Rob Carney, for instance, Mike Brown, you could put in that in that bracket. Um, they're the two that pop into my head right now. I'm sure that there are infinitely more uh, Falau, you know, yeah. whilst we can, you know, as a rugby <laughs> well we're talking about what as as a, as a rugby as a rugby player as a fullback there's no question that he is an exceptional fullback and a player yeah. and the high ball um i was trying to think of like israel dag well you know, that sort of level
1: i think i think in that match you've got which is going back on what you were saying ben about people being aggressive and wanting to catch the ball. You've got two players there in Johnny May and Dan Bigger who really attack the ball. They go hard at the ball. But then if you look at Slade and Williams, it's it's more like it's just it's just part of their natural motion. Yes. It's just yeah, smooth. Yeah. It's smooth. There's nothing changing. But coming back to your original point, Brian, um what Ben had Ben thought, and I probably didn't disagree, that after Hadley Parks tried to decapitate to that he wasn't going to come back after half time. Um and then what were England gonna do? Were they gonna stick Hines on the wing and move Daly into the centres? Or like yeah, you you've only then got one you've only got a scrum half to play with in that back line.
2: Yeah, um, Wales, did and, it. didn't Wales, Wales did it in Yeah, well Wales ran out of run out 2015? Wales Wales did it in
3: twenty fifteen. Do you remember Lloyd Williams ended up on oh, the wing? Yeah. Well, there's it's enough him, right though, didn't it? Yeah, no, but... <laughs> There's <laughs> enough
1: England scrum arts who's ended yeah. up playing on the wing at various times anyway. But um you yeah. you just look at it and you go, actually, do you need Charlie Ewells in there? I'd rather have another back in there. Yeah,
3: oh, would you, I would, who I'd who would I'd you have, probably. guys. Who would you have just out of interest?
1: Um give it give it a few months and I'd probably have Joe Marchant in there. But yeah. just looking at that England bench, by the way. Had they had, had they
2: have lost to a laggy, I could see a world where Ben Earl would have come in and played on the wing.
3: Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and maybe that, maybe that might've been part of the plan that says, actually, we've got Slade that can drop into the center. Daly goes back to fullback, Ben Earl goes on the wing or a, a combination of, of something like that. Um, I mentioned Wales, Scrum yeah. Well <laughs> Wales Wales were, were very nearly in a position where where they were struggling as well, weren't they? With um uh Dylan Lewis going off in the at half time. Yeah and then and then Leon Brown. I thought struggling. he was gone. Did he yeah, get a stinger? Well, I, Did he get a stinger or something? Must, it must have been a stinger, but I thought he dislocated his shoulder when it first yeah, happened.
3: He, he, he was, was holding his shoulder yeah. like he was
1: done. Um
3: I couldn't but, believe that he was playing back. It yeah. must have just been a stinger. Yeah. And, and then and two ball minutes later, and smashed,
1: well. smashed into a rock two minutes later at
2: full yeah. Fair play. And then Jake Ball went down and they brought Shingler on to play in the row. And I guess and that was he, his uh, part of his, yeah. his job.
1: Was... How, how on earth did George North not go off for an HIA? Oh, I know. Like, the guys, he needs to stop playing rugby for his oh, own. No. He's, got,
3: he's got a
2: marshmallow head, isn't
1: he? Yeah.
3: Have you guys watched that thing, um, the Aaron Hernandez thing on yes. Netflix? It's like he's going to have lasting damage.
2: As long as he's not going out and murder people, allegedly. <laughs>
3: what, doing a banging, ga- Just doing a gang banging, right doing a gang banging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, That's got an entirely
2: different meaning in the valley <laughs> than, than what it has in, in Southside
3: Boston, I tell you. I tell, tell you what, that, that, that documentary was awesome. It was
2: fantastic. Ben, you were going to drop in there for something?
0: Uh, no, I think pretty much what we were describing was a pretty excellent game of rugby to be quite honest yeah um yeah. A, a friend of mine who who's uh, a welsh fan went to the game and he said it was the best game of rugby he'd seen in the flesh and he's been to a game where wales won the grand slam so um what let's, let's the tray, what we got
2: there? someone someone's noise going off
0: that was weird sorry
2: that's all right. It must have been Phil. I thought we were getting some commentary. Um, no, no, let- no.
1: I was, I was trying to watch a little video and I thought my phone was on mute and it wasn't. No, it was to- uh, very much wasn't. No, it <laughs> <that> wasn't, <laughs> clearly.
2: Let's, let's talk about the Tuilagi red card. Um, again, we're going to have possibly some different views on this. I Has anybody seen, uh, ironically, it's a Wales Online news report um, around uh, uh, the rule, the ruling... Of the law that says if there was no attempt to rap, then you cannot offer uh there was no option for mitigation have you seen have you seen that
1: it's irrelevant um, it's that, left
2: that, that's it, to me. It's left does it so here's the thing right Two a is coming across the field and everyone's like, everyone's saying well he could see and phil's still phil's phone is still on Phil, what
3: are you trying to watch
2: um He's the just tackle just that Courtney Laws,
3: court. Laws got cited for. No, I said gangbang and you got excited. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. He's, he, Phil's just googled gangbang in Swansea. Um, no,
1: there's, so he, there's the title. That's the title. Gangbang gang in
3: Swansea.
1: Yeah. So,
0: um, and, and now he's banned from every agricultural show in the county. <laughs> again.
3: Again, yeah. They, they wear gloves, last, there's no coronavirus. He's just served his last ban.
2: Um, so Tuolangi is coming here across the field to make a, a dominant hit on George North, who he perceives is going to break or is going to score in the corner. Henry Slade has put in a, a fantastic tackle and has held George North. George North has fallen to the floor. Tuolangi is coming across in the split second. You know, if the speed he's moving across, it is a split second that if if Henry Slade had let go or George North had had escaped from his clutches, all of a sudden then Tualahe's right arm would be further towards the the mass of George North where he could wrap it, and it all becomes a bit clearer. What's actually happened is Tualahe's coming across, and he's just got he's got there at a point where Slade has completed the tackle now. In today's current climate, with the way things are, and you know, if the show the, sh- the, sh- the views are the shoulder and the first contact of the shoulder was with the head of George Ors, then it has to be a red card. Whilst I don't agree with it, it's kind of where we are in the world today. Um, but it's such such fine margins at full speed when Skeen and Yonker, but uh, but Marius Yonker could not wait, could not wait to 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 tell Ben Skeen to, to pull out that red card, Ben. It
0: it doesn't though. It doesn't have to be a red card. No, because, I, because well, this this thing that we've just that you were just mentioning with the referees saying that there's not going to be a mitigating factor if it's with a shoulder. That's just something they've cooked up between themselves. Like Ross Tucker, who's the guy that came up with these. You know, he's the guy that started it off, basically, and he said mitigation can always apply. And if it's changed, he doesn't know any better.
1: So the laws, and and there's nothing in the laws that say that you can't have mitigation if it's if it's a shoulder charge.
0: Look, when one of these incidents happens, you're never like you're never more than six foot away from a rat in London. You're never more than six tweets away from someone tweeting you that bloody flowchart. True. And if you look at it, under every single arm of that chart, it doesn't matter if it's a shoulder charge or if it's a high tackle or what, it says mitigation can apply. And one of them is that the player's falling. So I think you can argue there was mitigation there, the mitigation being he was three foot off the floor when he hit him. Um, to me, I didn't think it was a red card, but I don't think many of them are red cards because I, I just think that the, the whole protocol is too harsh. And it's it's geared towards sending someone off rather than avoiding sending someone off, and I just don't understand how red but, cards. But how will prove they, rugby?
2: But how will they learn, Ben? If you don't send them off, how will they learn? How will people learn to change but their how perceptions? Did, how Thinking do these the children? People,
0: how do these people not? You know, you learn not to go over the top, but if you've all been machine gunned, then it doesn't make a lot of difference, does it? It's you know, it, it, it it's. I just think the whole the whole thing is just too harsh. It doesn't take into account what can happen in, in a game and different angles and stuff. And, and people, it, it, it to, to be honest, I, hard, I, I couldn't tell you who was the man of the match. Cause I hardly watched the last six minutes of the game. Cause I was just ticking. So, well, it should have been a toe, but <laughs> yeah, I just think, and, and I'm not just saying it cause he's English because the, the parks one, it, I, again, it's, it's, it's a penalty. I don't, I don't see. He's not. The, you're getting a red card for what Vahid Amino or whatever his name is did in the World Cup, or yeah. for what the French prop did yesterday, and it's the same sanction. There's a shot that's a fraction of an inch away from being a really good tackle.
1: So, yeah. I think. I think reading that flow chart going through it it should be a yellow card. Because there's clear mitigation, as Ben said, he was three foot off the ground, dropping rapidly from a previous um, tackle. What do I think it should be? I think it should be a penalty because he didn't wrap his arms. If he properly went in for a tackle at that height and North drops down into his into his line of traffic, I don't even think it should be a penalty. I think, and and I'm not saying it isn't a penalty because by the laws, it's always going to be a penalty at least and more. What I'm saying is if you go in to hit somebody three foot off the ground and your arms are out ready to tackle them, if somebody else tackles them and they drop into your, if their head drops into the line of your tackle, I don't even think that should be a penalty, really. But I certainly don't think the laws in their current state are fair on the defence. And at worst, that should be just a penalty, not a yellow card. According to the framework, it should be just a yellow card, not sending off. What really pisses me off is the laws are supposed to be there to protect the players. And we've got a really exciting young kid playing for England who in the last two internationals has been pinned to the ground and had somebody flying in off his feet and hit him in the chest twice. And then has been picked up, dropped on his head, rolled backwards and then had an elbow to his face. And none of them have been penalised. Like, Actually, if you're gonna if you're gonna start penalising people for dangerous play, let's at least be consistent about it. Yeah, it's and like people, are teams are targeting Curry and they're absolutely getting away with it.
2: I think that's the that's the point. If we can't even get consistency in in a single game with the same set of officials, how can we get consistency across the game?
0: Yeah, um, Ryan, what, what? Where do you just just before point? Ryan comes in because um, cause I think he might. Have a much longer point than me. Um, But I I was just going to say, I think I agree with Phil. I think under the current climate, a yellow card, but in my ideal world, that would be a penalty. And it doesn't matter which team did the offence Wales, England, Scotland, Ireland I I would say a penalty for that.
3: Yeah, I I think it was a yellow card for me. And, And the thing is, the thing and the mitigating factor is he was falling, but the tucked arm to me looked a bit like the tucked arm Sonny Bill Williams did in the Lions against Anthony Watson. So I'm not saying he had the intent that Sonny Bill had, but for me it was very similar. So I would have just gone a yellow. I wouldn't have gone a red. Um, I know everyone's now saying Hadley Parks. I didn't...
2: I think yeah, the, maybe, the only, maybe Hadley the should reason, have got a
3: yellow as well. But
2: the only reason people are saying about Hadley Parks... Is the fact that Manu to, to got a red card? I think if Manu hadn't got a red card, there would well, be yeah, there I think that's Consistency. That. So it's the consistency. Yeah.
3: If we're going to look at the whole game and be consistent, I think both should have got yellow. Absolutely. Uh, Agreed. Agreed. Maybe maybe Courtney should have got a yellow. Maybe. Uh, you know uh, that that that's so life. Ha- you know. So how do I know they've all ourselves? been cited? But apart yeah.
2: from Manu, so how, so how do we find out? How do least, we find ourselves in a world now, or in a in a post world where, or in a post match? Where Courtney Laws has been cited for a shoulder charge on Alan Jones. Manito Legge's got an automatic sighting. Oh, and has start. he? Uh, yeah, well, I'll you know, tell you I why. Know.
3: Because the referee it... dealt with it on the pitch and he gave a penalty, whereas he didn't no, he give didn't. anything for Courtney Laws. He, didn't he did. Give he gave a penalty. He did. Phil, he gave a penalty. So the Sorry. rest dealt with it. I take so it back. so I take therefore, it back. the sighting officer can't cite it because it was dealt with on the pitch. And that's, that's, well, that's and the that's rest a... of being inconsistent.
1: But what and what about Liam Williams picking up Curry and dropping him on his head and then putting yeah. dropping an elbow? Yeah. I, I,
3: I, I think I can remember that. I just can't remember that to comment. Like, and that's just me because but, a and, lot went and, on during that game. And, and it's I had not a, I had a five-year-old and in the room.
1: And this isn't <laughs> this isn't an, an England versus Wales point. It's, no, this it is, isn't. This is a consistency point. And like yeah. the the Scotland France game, I only watched. I watched half of it on my phone, and I was so pissed off with referees by that point. Yeah. Absolutely fuming with refereeing generally, because exactly the same thing was happening in that game where one team was getting away with some stuff, the other team wasn't getting away with it. And then the ref, you could see the ref was itching to get cards out of his pockets.
2: Well, you say that. In the, I mean, we can we can skip on to. I think we we kind of naturally segueing towards Scotland, France now after nearly an hour of England Wales. <laughs>
3: yeah. Oh um, my God, who's going to listen to this? Well, <laughs> they, uh, all three of our listeners. And, and
0: one one more thing, as, as as well is is don't at us with the framework flowchart because we can all read. <laughs> It's not that we can't understand the flowchart, we just think it's not quite in the right position to be fair to all the players.
2: I got sucked into to arguing that point with with people on Saturday night. And, yeah, you know, I did as well. And, and, the, and the point being that the framework is there, but the framework is still open to interpretation. So my interpretation on Saturday night was the fact that the mitigation says that North was falling and Tuolagi was coming across and it split seconds. In real time, that is something, um, something different. And then somebody else is going, "Well, there's no mitigation. You can't mitigate it. It's a shoulder to the head." It's like, well, you know. So where do we stand? It's up to the referees to decide. They made a the decision. We have to, we have to kind of abide by that decision that was made. Um, talking of Wales versus France, obviously France and Wales versus France, Scotland versus France. France turned up and frant franced it up. Did they france it up? Or was Scotland good? Or were France just a bit unlucky with losing Antimac and, and just things not quite going their way yesterday?
1: Antimac, losing antimac made a massive difference. Um, Jalabert, for the first try, there were two there was two phases, really. There was Hastings cut inside and then there was the ball out wide. And on both of them, Jalabert absolutely rushed out of the line and sold himself right up the river. Um, he... He made a massive. It made a massive difference losing into Mac. The first yellow card, I think they got the wrong person um, on cross or Cro? I yeah. thought
2: they. I thought they. I thought they got it right. Did you think it should have been? So, um, I. I think Will it should Hemsa. have been
1: Wilhemsa. Yeah, because cross lifted him up. It was Willemza that twisted him round and buried his head in the ground. Um, but. Yellow card's a yellow card. But the but Paul and,
2: then, Paul, and Williams, then, is it Paul Williams is that was his name? I can't remember what his his, his name was. But he was Williams. That's that's
1: remotely like Paul Wilhelmser. Yeah, he was. He
2: wasn't <laughs> wasn't going to give. He wasn't going to give anything until no. sort of Wayne Barnes stepped in and the TMO yeah. kind of stepped in. And go, you might need to think about that again.
0: Yeah. Um, but I, I, know, I, I, just I think like, I think
1: it's I, th- I thought it was. I thought it was generally a bit harsh. But if you if you're going to look at the person that's responsible for putting it in a dangerous position, it wasn't. It wasn't the flanker. It wasn't Cross, who got down really low, made a solid stop, and then the other person came. who came in and tipped him. But the red card screwed them. <laughs> um, and not they good though?
2: It and, good? It,
1: and it screwed it as a game of rugby. I, to be honest, on on my phone, I thought we'd miss him. I thought he'd he just about clipped him, and then Ben sent me a still of the the nose. Um, so so
2: let's be fair, right? So Jamie Ritchie came charging in from twenty yards away, got involved in a scuffle, and got slotted. He did fair fair play to him. It wasn't it wasn't the punch that took him over either, was it? It was um, I think Fiku dragged him. Dragged him over the, the top of the ruck. But um, and, it's not until you see that still and go, Oh,
1: your nose like, is halfway across your face, mate. Rich, Richie probably deserved a yellow card for being a prick anyway. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I mean, we can't really argue with the red card, but it's good fun, isn't
2: it? Isn't it just? <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: It's like, I, I bring, but I'll tell you what, and I think we've mentioned this once or twice before if you bought back a little bit of martial law, a bit of self policing all this shithousery and bullshittery that goes around in the rucks and people pinning people down and holding them to the ground afterwards. It would all stop fairly quickly when the a, players were self policing each other. Do, do, do you, you, you need remember? an ice
1: hockey style bin penalty bin that you yeah. stick them in for two or, minutes, but, but or, it doesn't count as a yellow or a red. You just or like, like you ice chill hockey. Chill out for a bit. Uh, uh, yeah. Like ice hockey.
2: That's you allow, I mean, yeah. you allow them just one-on-one not a big mass brawl you just allow two players to go at it for a minute or so i mean if they're allowing scrums to go on for five six seven minutes you know or i think at one point there was there was four and a half minutes wasted on a scrum in scotland france pretty much which is an abomination um
0: why don't you send them to the sim bin and let them let, fight in there. Let, let the scrums just set. And as a sort of distraction for the crowd, just let them go at it in the sim bin.
2: <laughs> yeah, like a cage. Yeah. Just like a cage. <laughs> Rage um, in a cage.
0: But do you know what the sweet spot was, right? It was around <laughs> your sort of 2003 time when you didn't have the video referee, but you mm. had enough cameras so people would get caught eventually. So your likes of Martin Johnson would take things into their own hands and deck someone the game would carry on. There was a little bit of self-policing, but they didn't actually fully get away with it because after the game, they'd get a you so, know, six-week ban or something so like maybe, that. So uh,
2: maybe that's the key. Maybe I, that's the I'll key. I'll tell you There's who ruined it for everyone.
3: Being. Neil Back. Do you remember against Munster and he clicked <laughs> the ball in for that scrum in, in, in final, and that final? That was Leicester tremendous, To win it. it? And then everyone was like, oh, we've got to have TMO. And then we've, that we've was it. We've
1: all tried that.
3: <laughs> yeah, but he did it and got away with it. It's just that, uh, oh... Yes every year wasn't
0: it, TMO Ma- martin johnson had get banned for 12 weeks the the 13th week of the ban being the first game of the six nations because he yeah. decked someone in october well that I think um, that was, was when
3: best? i think that was when the rfu actually worked out what the ban was and it wasn't <laughs> world rugby stuff no it was because all the home unions would then impose the bans and that's what the joke was it's like well, what dates he given be available
2: but that's the thing isn't it if uh, rugby is, is sort of evolved through that time of, of self-policing. If you're on the wrong side, rather than slowing down the ruck, you've got a, a big portion of shoe pie. You didn't so fight you, you fight you found yourself, you managed to find yourself not in that position again. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not for that one game anyway, because you'd already have the, the rate marks down your back. And, and like you say, the scrum, the whole scrum situation, you know, I thought I'd kind of solved the scrum issue, which is get to the scrum, the team with the ball, with the put in, if they're ready to go, the other team has got twenty seconds to get themselves ready and get it set. And if they don't, then it's a free kick and away you go. Or reckon... just stop the clock. Just stop the clock, and then when the referee says "set" or "bind" or whatever it is, then whoever's on the clock automatically restarts the clock, and that's it.
1: I reckon that first gun took three minutes, and I was just like, "Really? This is what international sport has come to? It was people... boring." People cannot do the job that they're paid to do.
2: To the point, I, you know, when the highlight is Adam Hastings, mum and dad, have a little kiss in the crowd. You know, you you know, you're, uh, you know, but that was quite a funny, funny point when he slotted that penalty and it panned to to Gavin and and his missus. And then it went back to Adam and he saw it on the big screen and he was like, oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) Jesus Christ, (laughs) what is going on? Um, But yeah, France. France it up. Now we're not going to have any more Six Nations other than Wales, Scotland, which nobody really cares about this weekend. Um, until October, probably. It's By that nice. time, who's gonna? Yeah, but who's gonna care really? This, yeah. you know, it's just going to be like an autumn international, and nobody's going to give a fuck about the Six Nations Championship because it's kind of a bit after the Lord Mayor's Show, isn't it? So it's just going to be, oh, okay. just going to be another. May as well just. They may as well have just fucking cancelled, cancelled the games. You know. <laughs> Award a, a draw each, like they did in the World Cup, and and away they go. Cause, you well,
3: know, yeah, exactly. France have
0: ballsed it now by canceling one of their games. But what they could have actually done was, if it was just games against Italy, they could have all just nulled the, made the Italy results void for the for the tournament.
1: Oh. And Italy, uh, Italy could have had their best Six Nations in ages if they get given <laughs> two draws. <laughs> but, uh,
3: yeah,
0: Scotland. Um, Scotland played well though. I think their back row was excellent. Um Gilchrist in the se- in the second row was really good. Their line out is a car crash. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, credit to them. They they could have really folded after the-, the couple of early losses they've had, but they um you know they they pulled one out of the bag there and and the centre's a good player, isn't he? The uh Johnson. Yeah, yeah Sam
2: Johnson. I do- yeah.
1: I do wonder with their line outs whether they need to get the hookers to to work on both arms in the gym. It's a bit like a bit like when you get like old school like get the kids that come up from the Colts that have got like one strong arm because that's the one they've used for all of their gym work yeah. <laughs> and, and they turn the ball <laughs> and they they always wheel off to the left hand side.
0: And and talk about getting rewarded for bad play though that the try that um the hook the score. scored, yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you just know it's oh, not your
1: day the ref, the ref i'll just run like, this oh, in will i the like, oh he's done well out of not throwing that uh, the, sorry the commentator was like oh he's done well out of not throwing that in straight but if it's not straight it's a try but... yeah
2: unbelievable right let's let's get away from from the six nations because it would be it would be unfair of us to, to get Ryan on the pod and not have a little bit of a chat about premiership and, and the Bristol bears. Um, we will get to them in a, in a very small second. Uh, the TV games this week, um, they were Worcester versus Northampton on Friday night, which frankly was an absolute <coughs> waste of everyone's time. Uh, what I will say is I was very, very impressed. The more I watch, uh, Ollie Lawrence, I think he is absolutely fantastic. Um, you were saying uh, that doesn't his, that his dad or used to own a, a pub or a nightclub in Bristol, so, right? So
3: his dad, I think, played cricket for England. He was a yeah. pace bowler. Sid Lawrence. Yeah, Sid. And then he owned Dojos in Bristol, which was uh, a, a naughty little nightclub down Park Row. It was like a, all red walls, and you went down these stairs. Yeah, down into the, the basement. stairs,
0: wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, you know,
3: he's now a bodybuilder.
0: Who Sid Lawrence?
3: Yeah, Google it. He is he stacked. He had to retire. His, he kept yeah.
0: fucking his knee,
3: didn't he? Yeah. did his, his knee collapse? His... Yeah, it. it did. Yeah. yeah. That's how I... he uh gone.
0: On. Not only did I not know that was Ollie Lawrence's dad, but I didn't know Sid Lawrence owned the Dojo Lounge. But uh, yeah, I've been in there a couple of times. It is an interesting place, isn't it? Uh, I've yeah. just
2: I've just googled him. Look at the I, actual I know dates of him. I know, he's ripped. Jesus Christ. When he was the England cricketer, he was a bit of a, he was a unit, wasn't he? But mm. fuck my boots. That there's, is, um, Jesus Christ. There's a I mean, tremendous,
0: ju- tremendous burger place just down the road from the dojo lounge as well.
2: Where's
3: I'll that? See, I haven't been out in Bristol like 15 years, but where's that?
0: It's called Asado, and it's just, it's just a little bit further on than Zero Degrees. Oh, I know,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. Down yeah. Towards the hospital.
1: Yeah, I tell you what, I've just I've just got the picture. up. Joe Marler would be going in for a little tickle of that, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> oh my days!
2: Right, um, then on Saturday there were some more Premiership games. Exeter Ben absolutely marmalised Bath. You probably don't want to talk about that too much. Not really. Um, no. Bath, after after sneaking their way towards the top four, are now back. Um, it's not necessarily where they belong. They're still in sixth, but they've been found out the last couple of weeks, obviously, after that defeat at home to Bristol and then shipping nearly 60 points against Exeter. Um, Wasps Gloucester, Wasps, since uh, since they got rid of Live Fast, they seem to have galvanised a little bit. It's all whether he was putting the handbrake on or whatever whatever he was doing there even if it was maybe or maybe this result was just around the corner for wasp or these these performances who knows but um they play Jack, with a lot more freedom
0: at are. the moment um, nice little...
2: and, and gloucester are playing with a lot of free fall uh, and yeah. gloucester are in free fall, which must please ben
0: lovely little snap drop goal from robson as well did you see that
2: yeah out of nowhere it was yeah. always nice to see nice to see a drop goal um, and Saracens, I know Doug was at Saracens on Saturday, beating Leicester. Um, what do we, very quickly, what do we make of this whole Mako self-isolation uh, oh. situation? So,
1: so I think the RFU did exactly the right thing going, you know what, this is probably, let's look at it from a risk reward thing. The the potential risk is we get coronavirus goes to the entire squad and that's just going to really lose us a shitload of money. Um, the reward is we get for Napola, but you know what? Marla's probably doing a decent enough job, so I think we're, the sensible thing is just to do without him. And Saracens have gone about that; he can play for us. Um, I think it's a it's a bit of a storm in a teacup, really. I say it's Sorry.
2: a bit of a, a bit of a fuck you from Saracens to the RFU. Yeah, It's just a oh. little bit of Saracens. suppose they pay his wages as well, don't they? But yeah, exactly.
1: Why? Why not have him? It's It's a bit odd. Um, but but if you look at it from a Saracen's perspective, what's the risk? The risk is they get a bit of coronavirus in their squad. They can't play any Premiership games. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, True. They in, might part.
0: get relegated, mate
2: true but, yeah, true. Why, but even so, why would they why would they take the risk and and want the coronavirus in and around the squad it doesn't make any sense um
0: because it's like
2: because it's like flu yeah well we all know that it's <laughs> don't get me started on how much bullshit the coronavirus is right when we've had it bin, at
3: work you know and there's like
2: billions of people know, in the world crazy. and there's about three was there like three and a half thousand recorded cases when there are so many uh, billions of people in the world,
0: it's up to 100,000 now, isn't it? But... Oh, is it? 4,000
1: yeah.
2: 4, 4, dead. 4,000 dead, is that it?
0: Oh, well, yeah.
2: fuck it. It's, it's, they're all old anyway. They're probably going to die soon. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I thought Doug wasn't coming on
3: tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's
2: let's talk a little bit about Bristol, Ryan. Um, I
3: thought, can't we talk a bit about Exeter? Come on, lads. You're, look, I'm on a podcast here with two Exeter fans and a Bath fan. I feel like you just skated over it.
2: We can talk about Exeter. Yeah,
3: um, and what I want to talk about, Exeter, quickly about this thing is the flybee thing.
2: Well, so uh, I yeah. was going to come on to the flybee thing a bit later, but as you brought okay. it up let's let's yeah. bring it up. So, for those of you who haven't seen, and thankfully, James from at Rugby Saracens tagged us in the Exeter statement today. Um so we've had all the replies from the salty Exeter Saracens fans who obviously all <laughs> detest Exeter. Um and, you know, I for one think it's it's pretty poor from the, the Exeter board the management whatever I get the the commercial I get the commercial aspect and those tickets were given as a, a commercial thing but once the tickets are issued once they're
1: given who cares what does it matter you yeah. know they... so so the only reason it might matter is if Flybe owe Exeter some money. Which is highly um, possible, right? But yeah, there's... yeah.
3: But but one game the, those people have just been made. Hey, look, lost their jobs. Yeah. yeah, it's just one game. I know, I, I know. And, then, not... and then today, today I am like, in, oh, way, in no the way shape. I am in no way shape match on a Monday night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That is
1: <laughs> Comes the empty stadium. I'm not justifying it in any yeah. way, shape or form. I'm just saying that the only thing, the only reason why it might matter is if Flybe owed them money for for those tickets. If Flybe have given them money and they don't owe them money, then the it's absolutely disgraceful. So,
3: uh, if they then, if they do
1: owe them money, it's just disgraceful. But
2: it is it is absolutely disgraceful because the people that have been given the tickets, and and it's not Exeter's job to know who Flybe have given those tickets to, right? So yeah. it's they're not going to know how those tickets have been allocated. So if it was the bosses, if but they if if the bosses of Flybe, <laughs> if the the big wigs at Flybe were planning to come to Exeter using those tickets. I'm pretty sure the people of Exeter, the the people that run Exeter, in the board level or whatever, would know that the CEO or the senior management of Flybe would be attending this the, this match. But the the general admission tickets that they were given, and I again I, I'm just assuming they were general admission sort of stadium tickets, standing tickets, um, for them to just be turned away at the door is is pretty horrific and yeah. and I think yeah. it's a really poor show from a club that prides itself or seems to pride itself on being you know the community club, club. The, the community club community the club, club of the people and and I think you know it leaves a really bitter taste in the mouth when when they do put themselves on a bit of a pedestal and they've you know they as a club have sort of attacked saracens to a certain extent um albeit a completely different sort of situation, but you cannot hold yourself in such high regard as a, as a, you know, as a virtuous um, people's club. And then when it comes to something like this act in a really corporate and disingenuous way, I think it it, it it just leaves, it shows them in a really cold light as far as I I can. I, I,
0: I, I was, I think I agree with everything Russ said there. Really, I, I think a little bit of the shine has come off Exeter in the last six months, um, and also Tony Rowe was on spotlight tonight, and he 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 came across awfully. Um, you know, he didn't he didn't really show any uh, understanding that people. Well, he understood they'd lost their jobs, but I don't think he understood what it meant to someone. You know, Barry that carries the bags. You know, a, a ticket to Exeter was probably you know all. If he's lost his job, it might be all he's got to look forward to to the next month. So you know, next and, and to All it would have needed was one tweet from the club's page that said, "We've just let in, you know, fifty staff from Flyby who've lost their jobs this week." You know, and a few pictures, and they would have got you know, fantastic. Completely story, it. doesn't
2: it? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. How how then... to
2: how to really fuck up some PR? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. And 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 to drive it home and just go. Right, okay, well, let's try and make it better. As a goodwill gesture, you can come to an 18 match on a Monday night. Fuck me.
0: Yeah, rubbish.
2: Well,
3: he, said,
0: he, he said on the news tonight that their bosses should apologise to him, fair enough. And then he went, I'll apologise if you want, but it doesn't make any difference.
3: Oh no. not Tony Rowe. So,
1: oh. so uh, and I think um, I think it was Russell Ryan, one of you said about the whole Saracens thing as well. I don't think Exeter came away from that looking particularly good. No, I, I don't think. either. Um I and that goes for Tony Rowe and Rob Baxter. Um both of them made comments that I didn't think were necessary that helped the the discussion that that made them look um any well it made them look worse. And I mean I've I've just reread the statement and it looks like basically Flybe said that they were going to pull out um, of an arrangement with some money owing and Tony Rose said well if that's the case your tickets are cancelled as well and they won't be valid um, not realising they were f- for staff but it's it's irrelevant That's that doesn't excuse the fact that having turned them away so if that decision's been made people turn up on the day they get turned away somebody needs to go hang on a minute this is bloody ridiculous let's give them some corporate hospitality tickets for a game a proper game and make ourselves look good instead Didn't, of I, going let's turn yeah. into pricks
2: i've seen somewhere that when thomas cook went went bust a lot of thomas cook is based in the midlands isn't it and the leicester tigers did something for for the employees of, of thomas cook and you know nobody nobody has to do anything and Pete, you know i kind of get that they're running a business but if all they had to do was just honor those tickets and this wouldn't even be a story you know, just honour tickets that had already been given out, they were just tickets that didn't mean anything. They didn't cost anything. Exeter won't have resold those spaces in the ground,
0: and those people would have bought three or four pints and a burger yeah, in the ground. It, it, a pasty, come
2: on! Yeah, it's 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 really really poor. It's it's really no. poor, really <sighs> poor. And and I can't, you know, there's no hiding away from that. And you're right, Ben. Anfield, the extra have not covered themselves in glory in the last uh, six months or so and it's
1: so yes they're running they're running a business but they're running a business that made half a million pound profit they can afford to give whatever it was 10 12 people access to a game
3: yeah it's, and, that, uh, and, and also Flybe, flyby's gone bust because of coronavirus fears Okay, it helped bailed out. Flybe's I mean,
1: gone bust because it for for a lot of reasons, but mainly because but, it was badly this, managed. This,
3: yeah, but this like it was rescued and then the coronavirus just That uh, was up. the final
2: nail. It was yeah, the, the yeah. straw that broke the so, camel's
3: back. Uh, so like, you know, you're right, these people would have really And look, imagine if those Flybe people who are extra fans probably got into that game and saw them tonk bath, how they've been feeling just for maybe an hour after the game yeah you know just a bit of an escape for what they're going through all
2: round poor community awareness and i think that you know sometimes no not sometimes a lot of the time there are more important things than business and people's lives and livelihoods and it should it shouldn't have even been a consideration so yeah
0: think of Uh, um how bristol bears social media team would have run that yeah (laughs) you know yeah, they'd, they'd have, you know, they could have made an absolute splash across Twitter with it, but you know, it was a missed missed opportunity as well as stitching some people up.
2: I agree. I agree. Let's uh, let's move on from there because I think we're all in in complete agreement with that. Um, let's talk about Bristol, Ryan. Right? We'll have a you know we'll have a bit of a chat about their five game winning streak. They seem to have found uh found their feet again after a little bit of a a little bit of a wobble, should we say. Um they're playing great rugby. I mean I thought I thought Quinn's were woefully bad on Sunday. Um but they weren't allowed to play by by Bristol who who got their foot on the on the throat pretty early doors with that Morahan try and, and never let it off.
3: Yeah, I mean it, I thought oh look we're gonna be in a Bonus point is going to be great. Floodgates are coming off. Quinns control Pirtale very well. Um, I thought th- Quinns are a bit of a handful, but made loads of handling errors. What's really exciting for me as a Bristol fan, and I know people are saying that, is people are going, oh, you didn't get the bonus point. You, oh, you're not doing as well as you can. And I'm like, we're winning five games in a row. Do you know how hard that is to, for a Bristol fan? You know, we're winning away at the Wreck. we've we've won away at sandy park from a driving mall at the end um you know uh, i think everyone's upping their game and yeah it's annoying that we can't get a bonus point because that okay everyone says that's the sign of a great side but we're winning games so i'm just happy you know pat lamb seems to be knowing what he's doing and all the team are moving in one direction
2: if you if you move forward with f- with four points from every game, you'll see, you'll pretty much find yourself in uh, yeah. in playoff um places come the end of the season. Yes, bonus points are good. Um but it's, how it's... important are they when you're winning games? I don't understand bonus points aren't the be all and end all. When there's no when there's nothing to be gained from winning the league, when there's nothing to be gained from, you know. From finishing top, provided you're in that top four shakeup come the end of the season, which you win more games than you lose, then you're more than likely to be there. Then, then I don't get the whole fuss over bonus points. And and Ben, obviously, you being a a fan of all these tries, yeah, <laughs> bonus, <laughs> points, bonus points don't matter to you.
0: Oh, exactly. You got to win the game first, haven't you? And it, it's not like I don't think there's. But it's very often the team goes, oh well, you know can't be bothered getting the bonus point. You know, there's, there's two teams on the pitch and, and the other team is trying to stop you getting the bonus point. You know, it's, it's, it's not a given if you win a game that you will get all the points available. But, no, um, and,
1: and, well, you look at Bath, Bath have won two bonus points all season out of 13 games, like, and Bristol have won four. But bonus points, I don't really like the concept of bonus points. There's be there to encourage attacking rugby but the only time they ever attack encourage attacking rugby is if you've already got three tries and if you've already got three tries then you kind of know what you're doing um i would it'd be really interesting to see the stats on how many teams score three tries versus four versus two versus one versus five or whatever and uh, uh, is bonus points actually making a difference to those that have scored three pushing them onto four because i doubt it is most teams it, just seem over, over the moon to win a game. To win a game. It'd, yeah. be
2: like, it'd be like the Premier League saying, well, if you if you score three goals in your win, you get an extra point.
1: Well, we'll what again. does it matter
2: whether you win Ch- 1-0 or 4-0?
1: You know,
2: it yeah. really make any difference.
1: Uh, the Southern Hemisphere is an interesting one. I think they give bonus points for being, is it, is it three tries ahead, three more tries than your opposition? Something mm. like that. Which basically says you're already humping your opposition. Go and hump them some more.
0: I, I think that's better than just the number of points because we we covered this a few years ago, but, you know, there was a game where Saracens scored something like 60 points in 50 minutes against Northampton and then went off. into cruise control and Northampton happened to score four tries. So they yeah. were still beaten by 40 points, but they, they got a bonus point out of it. And that, that doesn't make any sense to me. I think yeah. it should be, you know... Garbage time. Yeah, that's... yeah, there should be some kind we of... Win...
1: Win by fifteen or more, and you should get a bonus point.
0: On um on the subject of Bristol, I was I was talking to someone who watched the Bath game, uh, the Bristol Bath game or Bath Bristol game, um, and he was he was watching it with Steve Lansdowne and he he was just saying, you know, fuck,
2: well, you know, it... let me clang, let me pick that yeah. one up for you, Ben. So well, I, can... I didn't, I my, didn't. My, my mate watched the game with Steve Lansdowne
0: Yeah. But uh, they were just saying how pleased they are with Pat Lam and and how you know, hardly
2: surprising. He,
0: yeah, how he how fits into the city. But yeah, he loves it there. And uh, but apparently the uh, the plan is the European Cup eventually.
2: Wow, oh, I tell you what, you can see it the way they're building the squad and like even that. I mean, next season, a big one for Bristol, isn't it? The with Erland maylin's
0: We lost him. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that was probably so think... Russ's most insightful bit of rugby uh, punditry there that we've lost.
0: <laughs> yeah, I bet that was brilliant. <laughs> so,
1: uh,
3: I, I, would, I know what he's trying to make, but obviously, Bristol could be in a European Challenge Cup final in May. Um, will they be held in Marseille?
1: Will they be held at all? That's, that's the question. We don't that, know.
3: That'd be but... Bristol's, wouldn't it? But France are clamping down and that Marseille is quite close to the Italian border.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, Italy have just put their quarantine measures on the entire country just now.
3: Yeah.
1: So it was the north. They've just extended it to the entire country.
3: Who's, um, who's left in that tournament, Ryan? Uh, I think the people who can stop us are... So we're playing the Dragons. I think Edinburgh are there. I think um, Worcester are there. I think Toulon are there, and also I think uh, the, uh, the other
0: favourite will be
3: Bordeaux.
0: Are there any Irish teams left in it?
3: Mm, not sure, because I think Connacht maybe maybe Connacht, but... The I, they, th-
0: they could play it in Dublin, couldn't they? Yeah, maybe. Uh, you know, if there's no Irish sides in it, they could easily just move it to...
1: So you've got two all, all all Long, Wales. Toulon scarlets, Leicester-Castra, Bordeaux-Edinburgh and Bristol-Dragons oh yeah so
0: that's uh, a nice apparently... derby isn't it yeah
3: yeah, yeah. I, i've, uh, could, I've could hold delayed up. my holidays so i'm going <laughs> flying out on the monday now rather than the sunday could hold it they could hold it up in scotland we're talking about the challenge cup russ welcome back
2: oh good i don't know whether <laughs> any of that i don't know whether any of that will be recorded um, yeah sound, it sounded know. amazing
0: yeah yeah yeah. Best point you've ever made, Russ. <laughs> yeah. A- anyway, I was just <laughs> saying about Bradada and
2: Earls <laughs> and Malins and and all that sort of stuff. I'll, I'll have to I'll have to do some editing and see what happens with that. Um, but yeah, Bristol are are pushing straight through, and uh, you know they they will be in the Champions Cup next season, whether that's by winning the Challenge Cup or uh, or through league position. I've I've absolutely no doubt. So uh, good news for them top-flight rugby going to, to Ashton Gate next season.
3: Yeah, crazy. Uh,
2: let's move into some any other business, I think. We've got best part of an hour and a half. Um, Ryan, <laughs> have you got anything uh, outside of the, the rugby sphere that you'd, you'd like to talk about?
3: Yeah, I would. Um, this is great podcasting, or not great podcasting, so you have to go ooh and ah, but I did this while I was... Fire, fireworks. Yeah, I did this. I'll try and move the iPad down. While oh, a nice bit France, of origami! Okay. No, look at that. Inside that Lego the, inside World. inside the Death Star Lego with my son because he was tired of watching rugby, and we made that. How cool is that?
2: Amazing, that is pretty cool. Anyway,
3: that's my only other business because I was multitasking. Sorry,
2: Death Star Lego. Like <laughs> it, Ben.
0: Uh, pe- people have heard enough from me today. I think um, Barbados is nice. Hot take.
1: Hot take. Barbados is nice. <laughs> Phil so um i'm going to stick with my uh, routine at the moment of bringing the important topics to any other business so it's been a it's been a, a an interesting week when you look at um, what's happened to the stock market as well as what 's going on with coronavirus um, an oil price oil price has absolutely plummeted um and The thing that I want to know is why are there no stupidly cheap holidays available, given that nobody wants to travel? I thought this would be a perfect opportunity for me to go and get a week away somewhere for dirt cheap because nobody else is getting on the planes. But the holidays have dropped by like 5% in price. That's all. It's ridiculous. These holiday companies need to work out that when there's a global pandemic and share prices going through the floor, they need to give me a super cheap holiday to survive.
0: Because they got to pay the air crew like five times as much. Yeah, danger money
1: and and expensive hotels. They don't uh, just one member of air crew would be enough for me. Just a (laughs) pilot on the plane. That's all I need. (laughs) That's all I need. I don't want. I'll get my own drinks. (laughs) I'll I'll help myself
2: to the nuts. Yeah. (laughs) I (laughs) bet. Oh, right. Okay. Um. Finally, I will. uh, I will just mention something. Um. Ben Moon, my only business is going to be Exeter Juice related, but Ben Moon, uh, it's his testimonial year this year, and there's a load of um, events going on in and around Exeter, one of them being the uh, the Ben Moon testimonial match. Um, there are loads of t- tickets have gone on sale. There's loads of other stuff going on. Uh, check out at BackingBen on Twitter uh, and BackingBen.com for all news and, and events that are going on, but there's going to be a a testimonial match at Sandy park in the summer, um, which there have been some, some fantastic players all signed up for. So I think it's, it's the originals. They're going to get the, the extra originals from when they got promoted back together to, to play another team. Oh, so that
3: dro- bloody drop goal.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, so that's going on, but yeah, check out backinben.com for, for all of those uh, events, and if you're an Ex Chiefs fan, you probably know all about that already. If you're not, and you want to see uh, some different bits and pieces, or maybe a a weekend out in Devon in August, then
1: uh, yeah, Are you check on, it out. you're on commission, Russ.
2: Well, you know, mm. if if we're lucky, we might get invited.
0: Well, not um, after this last half an hour of podcast. <laughs> well,
2: you know, back, back in Ben has nothing to do with Tony Rowe and his inability to have any sort of empathy, is it really? Tony Rose, just a, a rich old man. He's like the guy from the Fast Show, isn't he? I remember, you see, because I was very, very, very pleasantly surprised. Um, right. I don't even know what that was. Let's, uh, let's get out of here. It's an hour and a half's worth of absolute rubbish. But uh, we've done it nonetheless. Ryan, thank you very much for joining us once again. Um, we'll be back next week. It's the Premiership Cup final this week, isn't it? So... Uh, of which everybody really enjoys. So I don't believe there is any. The Six
0: Nations has been cancelled because I there's... didn't want. I didn't want to get distracted from that. There's no. <laughs> there's no
2: Premiership rugby this week. The Six Nations, Wales versus Scotland, is still on at the moment, um, and it will be Quinns versus Sale. Uh, Sale in the final, which everybody really, really cares about.
1: Let's do a non-rugby pod. Maybe next week we'll get together
2: and we'll do something completely non rugby related and we'll we'll surprise you all. or we'll do like a mailbag edition. So if you've got any oh. any questions, okay,
1: Joe Marler excited
2: <laughs> I said mailbag, not ballbag. Um, so if you've listened this far, hopefully Doug, hopefully Dougie's still listening. And uh, if you remember at the start of the show, he's not here tonight. He's out probably having dinner with with the other seven dwarfs. So if you can um, hashtag angry dwarf if you've got this far and uh then then let us know that how much you're uh, you're committed to getting all the way through the podcast so thanks very much to everybody uh thanks Ryan, for joining us ben phil not as many thanks to you but uh thanks nonetheless and uh we'll we'll speak to you all next week go well
3: Network.